Welcome back to Generate Joy, the podcast created for women serving in ministry with their families. And I am so happy that you've joined me today. We serve in a ministry in Western North Carolina. It's a parachurch organization, a high adventure Christian wilderness camp. My husband is the risk management czar, as well as a teacher, speaker here at Snowbird. And I kind of work alongside the creative team and do a lot of production and designing, mural work, creative stuff whenever, um, I don't know, whenever there's a need. And I love it so much. I also get to play worship and lead the girl sessions and worship with the girl band. So I love Snowbird. We have been here for over 20 years and we're in week five of summer camp. So a full summer camp schedule along with my middle schoolers having everyday basketball practices in the month of June and with everything going on with our oldest daughter, we have just been going, going, going. And I have made myself sit down to do this episode because it's been on my heart for so long and I just got to get this to you guys. Today I'm sharing with you all about how I got joy wrong for years. It's very humbling experience to create a talk about all the things that I've done wrong and failed at, but I really believe that this is going to spur you on to recognize possibly where you're making some of these mistakes in your own life and to kind of shine a light on things that maybe you've not noticed or thought of before. So I hope that this resonates with you. You're listening to the Generate Joy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Davis. I'm a faith-based life coach helping you reach your goals by learning how to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm so happy you're joining me today. Let's get to it. has been beautiful all week and today it is raining and if you've got 600 campers in the wilderness at a camp you go rain or shine y'all you just do so everybody's going to be out in the rain today not in the lightning though because there are rules for that but I'm getting on top of it and we are in this together I'm here to encourage you to spur you on to good works and faithfulness in the Lord so without any more jibber jabber let's get into it I sit with women every week who are serving in ministries with their families and just see how important it is to be just vulnerable and honest with one another to spur each other on to good works and to stay faithful to the Lord. So I'm actually pretty excited to share with you these mistakes because I've grown from them. I've had to change some things in my life. And I think it's Albert Einstein who said, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results each time. So I'm excited to share these things with you because many of you may be doing these mistakes that I've been making and doing. You might be doing them over and over and over expecting different results and you're not getting the results that you want, which is joyful satisfaction in Christ because your actions are not able to produce it. Okay. So these are some actions that I've taken with my full strength and zeal regularly expecting to find and gain joy and fulfillment in my life. The first one is I pursued the rewards of God 
without valuing the relationship with God. My motivation wasn't always just to honor God and to love God and to know more of God. At some point, whether it was in college, going to all these worship service where it's just packed with college kids singing at the top of their lungs, just like how awesome God is and that energy and that joy, or whether it's just my personality where I'm more prone to being super optimistic and um, cheerful a lot more maybe than other people. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe those that combination kind of began to uh, build my expectations around how I should feel if I'm obeying God. Um, as if kind of like if I'm obeying God and I'm serving God and I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do for God, then he's going to reward me with joy and contentment. That's not really how it works. But um, so I've got three kids and um, we sit down and we have supper together, you know, lots of times throughout the week. We do have lots of sports throughout the year. And so, you know, we go through those seasons. And one evening I had created like a beautiful, awesome meal. And my husband had brought home ice cream as like a treat for everybody after supper. We had like tag team this whole big idea of like, yes, we're going to just have a great night together with the family. Nobody has any games or sport practices or whatever. And so we get done with our food, which was so fun. And we all had such a great, like enjoying conversation or whatever. And Spin says, okay, guys, we're going to clean up the kitchen and then we're going to have some ice cream. And they're like, yes. Okay. So then they all jump to the chores. Well, in our home, the Davis Nation, Sweeping is like the chore of disdain. Like nobody wants to volunteer for sweeping. Nobody wants to sweep up anything in the kitchen. Even going to the utility closet and getting the broom and the little dustpan out has been, it's a chore for whoever it is. So we get through most of the chores and um, Spence is like assigning out like who's going to do what and okay, you can do this. Okay, you can do that. You know, he's just like the communication king and the kids are all quickly volunteering for the dishes, the garbage, this and that. And he's like, all right, who's going to sweep? And they just kind of eyeball each other, like look back and forth, like this quiet game of like somebody's got to submit and it's not going to be me kind of thing. <laughs> Finally, my youngest, my son, he's just like, Ugh. I'll sweep. And then my middle kid, she's trying to like please us as well. She's like, I'll do it. I'll I'll just do it. And he's like, no, I'll do it. So then they get this little back and forth about who's going to do the chore of disdain, right? Because then they're all of a sudden like the, the spotlight is on. One of them has to do it. So whatever, they work it out. And I hear my son, I think he ends up doing it. And he I hear him over in the corner just like, just like so like Napoleon Dynamite about like having to like sweep the floor. And me and Spence got so tickled because we're like, it's not a big deal. It's just sweeping the floor. Everybody's going to get ice cream, whether you sweep or you do the dishes or take out the garbage, right? Everybody's going to get the same amount of ice cream at the end. But it's like just gritting his teeth, like trying to do this chore. And it's so frustrating because he's you can tell like he's mad at the 
two sisters because they didn't step up and have to do the, the sweeping. He has to sweep. You know, it's just this ongoing thing. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly the way I am in my relationship with the Lord. Like I'll volunteer to do things because I'm like, nobody else is going to do it. And then I expect God to like reward me for my sacrifice right? Or I'll be like, okay, God, I'm going to get up early this morning and do my Bible study before the kids get up, which is a big deal whenever you've got kids who have to be at school by like seven o'clock, seven thirty in the morning. And I'm like getting up and I get my coffee. As soon as I sit down, then inevitably I hear my little boy's alarm go off, you know, and I'm like, just so just like, here I am, God trying to do this for you. And I remember just being so just like embarrassed before the Lord of like, oh my goodness, I'm like trying to just be obedient so that you'll see me and then say good job or or give me joy, you know, give me things that are going to emotionally satisfy me if I do what it is I'm supposed to do. So it's very important that I share that one with you because Just trying to be obedient to God or just trying to please God or just trying to do things for the Lord can quickly turn into like a works-based relationship. And that is not how our relationship with God should be. So number one, I pursued the rewards of God without valuing the relationship that I had with God. Okay, the second way that I got joy wrong for years has to do with looking to other people to bring me joy. Now, I love a good compliment, words of affirmation. People being nice to me and speaking nice words to me just really does make me feel good. It makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel like that I've been seen, that I'm, I've been noticed, okay? And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're all made up in different ways. Some people are really encouraged by, by having, you know, acts of service or whatever. But for me, it's like words of encouragement or affirmation. But when I noticed that I had started looking for compliments or affirmation for different things that I was doing, in either in ministry or just in my home, when I began to look for compliments or acknowledgement of what I was doing from other people, I realized that, man, I'm, I am like, this is not healthy. This is not right. Like I don't need to be pursuing approval from other people to feel good about who I am or who God says I am ultimately. Delegating to other people the responsibility to add or recognize value in myself is very dangerous because one, what happens when people get really busy or they didn't see that thing that I did or that post that I made, right? What happens to that? Well, I'm crushed. And so when I'm living to like please other people in order to make myself feel better or produce joy in my own life, like I just fall flat. And it's not how we were created either. And so looking and giving other people that responsibility to make me feel good about myself is not um, sustainable. And it's definitely not healthy. 
And that is a mistake that I made for a while, especially in my marriage where I would be like, oh, Spence, um, I need words of affirmation. And he's like, yeah, you're doing a great job. You know, (laughs) it's like, oh, that wasn't going to, that's not as fulfilling as I thought it might be. And it's because it's never going to be fulfilling. Like our hearts are only going to be fulfilled and satisfied and joyful because God is doing that work. And the last one I want to share with you is the fake it till you make it. Pretendinitis. You guys know it's that temptation to just wear a mask and pretend that everything is fine. Everything in your life is perfect. You're joyful. You're happy. Somebody who has my natural disposition of optimism, of cheerfulness, of energy can really struggle with this when circumstances or thoughts start to create emotions that we just don't find fun. And the reason why this is dangerous is because it's just not sustainable. Lies will eventually blow up and your true self will make herself known. It's it's not in our nature to live in disguise. We want to be known fully. We do not want to be like maneuvering five or six different lives or five or six different emotions to five or six different people. Like it's exhausting. And at some point, if you were, you know, trying to create joy in your life through just pretending that you're joyful when you're really not, at some point, you're going to burn out. You're going to be exhausted from doing that. And there's so much fallout in living a life of lies that it was probably a whole different episode to talk about. But we are not created to live in a fantasy world. We're just not. God created us in his image and he is truth. So eventually that is not going to create joy in your life. I know because I tried it for so long and it did not. The other danger about living this way is that, well, we just cannot, with our human ability, mimic the true joy from God. Like, it's just not possible. And when we try to create our own version of joy, we really are just limiting the extreme, deep, overwhelming power of the gospel in our lives. And we are limiting the joy that God wants to produce and grow in our hearts. When I was putting together the notes for this episode, this little story came to mind of when my kids were about four and five and I had created this outdoor playhouse for them. And they had played in it quite a bit and we had it all decorated up so cute. They wanted to create restaurants and one side would be called poppies and the other side would be called fish biscuits. If you know me in real life, you probably know which child named which side of the restaurant, right? (laughs) So the owner of poppies and fish biscuits would present these beautiful meals to my husband and I and they would be full of just little plates with berries and mud slush and pine needles, buttercups, whatever they they found in the yard. And they would bring it up to the porch and present it to us. And my husband would say, oh, this creme brulee with the 
blackberry jam preserve sauce and the da 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 da. And he just would go into this huge thing and their faces would just beam with just like, so they're so proud of what they had created, right? And presented it to their dad. And he would do it for both of them. And then they would take their little dishes back and they would dump it all in the yard and then they would go and make something else. And he would come back and they would do this for weeks. They would do it for weeks. But the crazy thing is, I like to think about, this came to my mind when I was putting these notes together because I think they did not have all of the ingredients to actually make the creme brulee with the raspberry jam sauce, right? They did not have an idea of what it even tasted like. But in their imagination, with what they had, that's what they were trying to create and present to us. And I'm just like, oh man, that's like us trying to create joy in our own lives with our own human abilities. Like we don't even have the ingredients to produce genuine lasting joy in our own lives. And all we can do is be intentional about building deep lasting relationship with Jesus. And then he is the one that is going to be doing the growth in our hearts. I love the verse that says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. See, we were created to experience the fullness of joy in Christ. And the pretending was just killing me, right? I had to stop and get honest with God, honest with myself, honest with my husband, honest with the people in my lives and make changes. Because obviously what I was doing was not generating joy in my life. I was going after the rewards without the relationship. I was delegating other people the responsibility to make me feel good about myself and bring me joy. I was pretending to be joyful when I was deep down at my roots, starving for deep relationship and connection with Christ and didn't know it. You know, there were times when I even doubted that I would ever be joyful again. Because see, like our brains... They, they keep going with this momentum, even though it might not be getting the results that we want. Our brain, that's the only thing that, they, that it knows to do is to just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And when I was trying to convince myself that joy is just right around the corner, don't stop. You got to keep going. And I, I, didn't, I didn't make any changes in my life. I just kept like digging my heels in deeper to these mistakes that I was making over and over trying to get a different result and it just did not work. So this whole podcast, this episode, this whole idea of this Generating Joy podcast, I've created it to inspire you to good works, to faithfulness in the Lord, to spur you on, to help you see you're not alone and prayerfully and joyfully serve you in a way that will be different than other things that are out there and hopefully be a fresh perspective for you as you are growing in Christ. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, it is, you know, humbling to share these mistakes, but it's so good that we can share mistakes that we've made to help encourage other people to not go down this road and help possibly save you from experiencing a lot of long seasons of self-doubt and just faking deep relationship with the Lord, but to spare you from all that so that you can right now from here on out begin 
pursuing Christ just because he loves us, just because he's created us in his image, not because of anything he's going to give us or anything that we um, deserve because, you know, scripture teaches us that we don't deserve anything, but he loves us so much and he wants us to know him fully. He wants us to experience him. He wants to produce in you joy, peace, love, kindness, all of the fruit that are just on display to show his, to show that you belong to him, to show other people that you are his and he's proud of you. He loves you all as well. God has you on this journey. He has me on this journey. All these mistakes that I have made have just paved the way for me to really grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. And I'm so thankful for it. So if you would love to learn more about how to generate joy in your own life, you're going to want to subscribe because I've got a couple more episodes up my sleeve that I'm going to be dropping later this month on this topic. And I hope you join me for those future episodes. Have an awesome rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Generate Joy. If you know somebody who might benefit and be encouraged by this episode, go ahead and share the podcast with them. And it really does help other people find Generate Joy if you leave a starred review or a comment. So if you have two seconds, just scroll down to the bottom of wherever you're listening to your podcast right now and leave me a starred review. It would really bless me big to hear what you're thinking about Generate Joy and help the podcast be found by more women who are wanting to grow in their faith. All right, friend, have an awesome rest of your week.